0: Welcome, everybody. My name is Joshua, and welcome to (laughs) it. I goof up my intro pretty much every time. It doesn't even matter. Welcome to a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund on the Live Mana Network. Thank you so much for being here. We are broadcast all over the world. You can find our app by clicking. Oh, I did it right this time. You can click that barcode and find links to every one of our apps, whether it's Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire. Um, We're going to give a shout out to Bygo, believe it or not. And also, I want to give a shout-out to everyone that's listening on Mixcloud. Thank you guys so much. We are no longer broadcasting on social media. Uh, There's a lot of reasons why. It's because we want to speak the truth. We don't want to have to censor our speech. And this is not talking about dropping F-bombs and things like that. We just want to tell the truth. And then we want to seek the truth. And we want to have honest conversations. We want to have conversations that are uncomfortable. Because I believe the uncomfortable conversation... Are not only bring us out of our comfort zone, but more importantly, they stir things up and they break us out of the box and force us to see things differently. Yes, I'm an evangelist. Yes, I love the Lord Jesus Christ with all my heart, but that does not mean that I will not talk to people with opposing beliefs. Uh, in fact, I would suggest that there's probably more people that share my faith that have opposing beliefs than I do <laughs> than non-believers. Which is kind of a mind, it's it's, it's a little weird, but more than anything, more than anything, I want us to be able to unite on truth. I don't want to be stuck in a box. I don't want to have just a, I don't only want to see life through the lens that media shows me. I want to pull the camera back and pull it back and pull it back to see the whole picture. The whole picture that God created. Now, one of the things that is super important to me in my relationship with the Lord is reading the Bible. And, I, and I've been very, very open about my frustration sometimes with the Bible. I get mad at Paul pretty much every day. I have so many questions. Things just, some things just don't make sense to me. But you've you got to see or you've got to understand that my faith is in the Lord. My faith is in Jesus Christ. My faith is in what Jesus did for me. And I understand that man has their interpretations. Man has corrupted so much of God's beautiful creation. And we have been so divided by truth. We are lied to about healthcare. We're lied to about education. We're lied to about why we go to wars. We are lied to about medication that, well, may really save our life and other medication that will kill us. There's just so much disinformation. And all I want is the truth. So I'm going to ask the questions and I love it. It is such a privilege and I am so excited to have Ryan Zier on today because I love it when I get to talk to another man of God or even woman of God that also is seeking the truth, that loves the Bible as much as I do, but can look at the Bible and see it as there's a lot more going on in the Bible than what our pastors tell us. And the other day I was reading Genesis. I picked up this book. It's upstairs because uh, we do our quiet time in our front yard. But I have this book. It's called One. And then another one called I Am Second. And they're both devotional books. And they both start in Genesis. And as I was reading Genesis one day, or it was, it's been a, only a week, I think. I was reading Genesis. And then all of a sudden, Peniel just jumped off the page. And I could hear God almost scream at me that the brain is the tree of life. And then as soon as I heard that, I started to wonder, does that mean that the third eye, the pineal gland, does that mean that it's the forbidden fruit? And I don't know the answer. But ever since I've gone on this quest to research and to understand, and I came across Ryan Zier's video discussing this subject. And I got to tell you, I don't necessarily know for, I, I can't. This guy is an expert, and this is why I want to bring on more knowledgeable people than I do um, to be able to ask these questions and have this uh, these these discussions to better understand. But I got to tell you, when I start reading Genesis and I read it from the lens that our brain is the Garden of Eden, the Bible dramatically changes, and all of a sudden, the Bible tends it become the Bible starts to make sense in a way that it never did before. And it doesn't discount the power of the Bible at all. In fact, I believe this makes the Bible even more powerful. And I believe it is the greatest book ever written. So you guys are in, this is this, I believe the ramifications of this can change billions of lives. I really believe this because this very thing changes the starting point of our discussion about faith, about creation, about God, about who we are, and beyond. So I'm so excited about this. I may even wet myself because I'm like, I'm nervous, I'm excited, and I'm probably gonna be a little bit too hyped up for this because I know how important this subject is. So I pray that the Holy Spirit speaks through me. I'm calm, I'm collective, and I ask all the right questions. And the last thing that I ever wanna do is be blasphemous to the Lord Jesus Christ, to our creator. And and, and the last thing I also want to do is ever mock anyone else's faith or religion, but I also really want to know the truth. I am tired of being lied to. I'm, I'm tired of prosperity gospel and everything else. I just want truth, and I want to live my life the way that God wants me to live, and that is serving my fellow man. And the way that I get to do that, well... In a few ways, but this way is helping deliver the truth or help break people out of their box. So we will be right back after this quick break. All minor things in the wider scheme, But at what cost to realize your dreams Been bleeding in the wheel more Put the crown of thorns on, spill more My might bloody cause I kill more But I'm still poor Bottom is where I started But I get to the top and park it Hug up in a harlot, My battery need charging And to reach my target is the illest in the market And some liquid from my arteries Will spill onto the carpet, yeah Everybody want fame Nobody wanna work for it Want know your name don't want to see no hurt boy. It. Boy, welcome back everybody my name is Joshua and this is a conversation with Joshua T Berglin on the live mana Network uh this is gonna be fantastic a polar explorer an anti-aquarian a philosopher a historian and a follower of Jesus Christ ladies and gentlemen please welcome I think he's my spirit animal. I really do.
1: Ryan's here, everybody. Welcome, Ryan. Hey there, Joshua. Thanks for the intro and glad to be here with you.
0: Man, I, I've, I'm i so excited, so nervous. <laughs> I'm all <of> the above. <laughs> but before we get into all of this, Ryan, what are you grateful for today and why?
1: Well, today I'm grateful for, for the health and ability to uh, spend some time in up in the mountains. Uh you can see behind me Sawtooth Wilderness here in Idaho and uh just oh, wow. finished up a 60 60 mile trek through the mountains 6 days long and I was uh definitely the whole time thanking God that I had the physical ability to to go up and down those mountains and and spend uh you know spend a week out there with just wow. you know just just between me and God. So really grateful for that today.
0: Oh, you went solo?
1: Yeah, solo through hiking. Did a, uh, uh, basically from the southern end of the Sawtooth Wilderness to the northern end of it from um, Atlanta, Idaho up to Stanley, Idaho. So, spent a week out there. Didn't see anybody until the sixth day. So, it was, uh, you know, just me and and the brown bear that I seen. And, you know, that God's nature, man, I love it up there
0: i god moved me out of the city i've always been a city guy la miami boca dallas you know i mean that's those are the main areas that i've always wanted to live and i had the opportunity moved to minneapolis when the riots were breaking out and uh well the gunshots got a little close so he moved us out to the country and i'm not used i i'm finally getting used to the quiet but there's there's something when I every time I look at my backyard, I just hear God say, be, "Be still and know I'm God." In other words, go hang out in nature, just sit there, and listen for me to talk to you.
1: There's something about it, and that there's a reason Moses went into the you know up onto the mountain for 40 days by himself, and and Jesus did the same thing, 40 days, not necessarily on the mountain, but in his area, it was out to the out to the desert, right? But getting out to the wilderness. um, for for a time by yourself is uh, uh, definitely definitely something there and brings you closer to God. There's no doubt about that.
0: Amen. All right, well, let's get into this because I've already shared this epiphany, I believe, or I, Mm -hmm. I believe with all my heart, it was God showing this to me. But, and I, when I went searching after that, because it just was like, this almost makes too much sense. It's hiding in plain sight. I found your video. You were the very first video I watched, and you have the most thorough explanation about this. And so I'm really honored that you agreed to come on and to talk about this. But what led you to go down this? I I don't want to call it a rabbit hole, but this journey of the Garden of Eden, the brain, and beyond.
1: Well... You know, I've been I've been a Christian my whole life. Grew up in the Christian church, and um, without going into too much detail, there was there was kind of a, a revival. Um, what when was it? Around nine, the late 1990s. It was, uh, and there it was a lot of <laughs> yeah, I think so. And there was a there was quite a bit of slaying in the spirit going on. I remember being in Toronto uh, and at some some of the, bigger kind of mega churches and seeing large amounts of people slain in the spirit. And at the time I was, you know, I really was seeking God for that experience that seems to be biblical of slain in the spirit. And, and it never happened to me. And At one point, a pastor uh, just pushed me to the ground, you know, he was praying for me and I, I I wasn't falling to the ground. And he, so he just pushed me, pushed me down. And I so what is this? Yeah, some kind of a hoax. You got, you know, and uh so I just immediately got up and left the church, and um, and kind of had a negative, you know, tinge there for the for the yeah. Christian church after that. Uh, but at the same time, I know that Christ Jesus is King, and Hallelujah. and God, and um, so so I kind of started to seek God and 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 jesus christ um more on my own study the bible and and uh same sometime during this i had a an office of mine was real close to a masonic temple in boise idaho and um i've seen a lot of weird stuff going on there guys in full red uh kind of satanic robes with the the hood that comes on you know way over up here yeah, they, would, yeah. they would go into the Masonic Temple late at night, uh, 10, 11 p.m., and I started investigating what the Masonic Temple was. And, of course, with Freemasonry, you have the third eye, you have the all-seeing eye like we have on the $1 bill. And um, so, so my investigations into who those guys were, what, you know, and what are they up to, why are they dabbling in stuff that seems – synonymous with satanism and um and that was kind of the you know that was where my initial research into the third eye and that all-seeing eye began but like with you i you know i started to read reading the bible and i started to see this trend that the bible is talking about this organ of sight the you know the third eye and Mm -hmm. so the. um And, you know, that's where I'm at now, which is which is I I do believe the Bible is talking about this. And I think it's a topic that the Christian church uh, doesn't discuss and and, um, just brushes it over like it's like it's evil occultism and and this type of thing. But I I believe that uh, that that interpretation is probably wrong.
0: Okay. Yeah, so now you're in familiar territory for me, which is questioning everything. <laughs> yeah, <it's- laughs> I, I mean, like where did, like when we went from the way in that, and when the way started to transfer into Catholicism, I think that's where everything started to fall apart, but maybe it was sooner than that. I'm not really sure, but mm-hmm. there's something. Okay, I want to ask you this from a, just a complete layman's question. When I read this in Genesis, and if it's saying the third eye is the forbidden fruit, if that's what it's saying for real, then the New Testament seems to talk about us, well, encouraging using our third eye. So those seem like a complete contradiction and at war with each other. Can you explain, can you break that down for people? Because that's the part for me that I get stuck because it makes me want to say, Well, what's the freaking truth? I mean, I know they (laughs) took one Enoch out. I know that they took other Mm -hmm. books out of the Bible. But this seems to be so important. So important because it it can unite us. If we discover this is true, we can unite the world on this truth. Because it changes
1: everything. Yep. We can also live much closer to how Jesus Christ lived. And yes, um, you know, without, without this knowledge, it's, it's to live like Christ. I I believe we're falling short of that because of uh, not studying the scriptures enough or misinterpreting what the scriptures are saying. So here, here's my explanation. And let me flip my, uh, I'm going to share my screen here. And Switch over here to well Genesis, right with the, uh, the the Garden of Eden and and the forbidden fruit and the tree, um, and before before getting into this, I think it's I'll take just a minute to explain my what is my understanding that the third eye or the pineal gland is is an organ of sight that that god has given us and is built into our brain now for now for anyone who says no it's from satan and it's only to communicate with satan and evil forces then my interpretation of that is that what 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 happened during the creation process when god created man did satan come to god and say hey god I need a way to communicate with my followers more closely than you communicate with your followers. So will you put a a pineal gland a third eye at the direct center of the brain? The pineal gland is in the very middle of the brain. The mo- like you could claim it's the most important part really. Well, insane said, "God, will you put this in the human brain so that humans have a way to communicate with me and demons?" And God said, well, sure, okay, let me do. I mean, it doesn't make any sense that God would create an organ of vision or, or a communication device in our brains that's sole purpose was to communicate with demons. And, and on the contrary, uh, to add to that, if there is an organ in our brain that allows us to communicate with demons, demons are from the spirit world and angels are as well. So if there's an organ that allows you to com- communicate with beings of the spirit realm, Demons, then it should have the equal ability to allow you to communicate with angels because both of those entities reside in the spirit realm absolutely now of course there's genesis thirty two where Jacob wrestles with an angel and he he physically has an injury after this, so there was i mean he you know he was wrestling from him, but it says that Jacob called the place. Pineal, saying, I, I saw God face to face, yet my life was spared. So if we look into the meaning of this word, Pineal or pinuel, it's here's the Strongs, and you'd notice the L in it. Of course, that's the from the Hebrew, that's the God part of it. So the literal translation of penuel or Pineal is face of god in the Hebrew, so when the bible talks about seeing god face to face here's the first hint that that you would do that with the pineal gland um because you know anyways the meaning of the word pineal means the face of god now let's see here this one is a masonic source manly p hall mm-hmm. so you know if i encourage everybody who dives into a subject like this to fully equip the armor of god before you mm. you know you you look at uh, or or talk about things that may be a deception so if you haven't equipped the full armor of god now i you know i, I encourage you to do that um because this is a source for, that is written by uh, Freemason Manley P. Hall, and but but there is a number of you can see it's just photographs of a paper. There's a reason why I think that this information isn't published widely, but um, you can read the whole text if you know if you're interested, but the essence of this document is explaining that there is a or that that the pineal gland, which is an actual gland inside of our brain is an organ of sight. And that's what it's explained here. It calls it the fourth dimension. I call that the spirit realm. But Mm. there is a the third eye um named by this guy so it would be interesting to look into this guy and why he named that gland after that same word that we have out of genesis 32 but it's an organ capable of mastering the other two organs of vision the eyes which are the positive and negative poles of visual perception and it talks in the paper how you know various uh, reptiles uh, some frogs toads snakes. snakes they have a um non-parietal eye so, i'm probably gonna misspell this one but here we go <laughs> the non-parietal eye here's a wikipedia article on it and it's a it's it's a third eye that is connected to the same neocortex of, of vision that uh that these two eyeballs are so if the brain you know if this organ of vision and you can see it right here in the middle between the the toad's eyes if that organ of vision was telling the brain that it's that it sees something the brain wouldn't know the difference it's just forming an image Be, you know here it is on the snake you can see is the it, third eye is that why visualization is so powerful I believe so. And you know, what these, what these animals, this one, it's very easy to see cause he has a ring around his third, uh, third eye. And what are these animals using, you know, using this eye for, I, I don't think science has an answer for that specifically, but they're definitely using it as some sort of sensory device to, to see. And, and, um, there's one more, uh, I've got one more article on it here. This is again from Manly P. Hall. This one's the pineal gland, the eye of the gods. I don't agree with gods, of course. Uh there, of course, there's a singular god, but Amen. Um, interesting article here where it uh where it talks up here the other the the non the parietal eye, which is a sense organ in some reptiles. And that the uh anyways, there's going through these texts we can establish that the, the pineal gland is most likely uh, a, a, an organ of vision and that uh the image formed from that organ of vision your brain couldn't distinguish between that and and the image coming from your regular two eyes
0: do you believe that because it's pineal as you said or however you pronounce it pineal uh huh meaning face of God, pineal. Right. When we hear God speak to us or our intuition speak to us, do you believe that it's coming from the pineal or the third eye? Yes. Yep. If we... Because God is in our pineal. And and, and so if, you, if that is true, then it makes perfect sense why there's fluoride in our water. The All the medications from the psychiat... Not all the medications, but a lot of the psychiatric medications... They 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 calcify our pineal glands. There's an attack on our pineal gland. They want to dumb us down, is because they don't want us to know how powerful we really are. Is that true? Yep. It It
1: shuts off now. Calcification of the pineal gland is a fact with fluoridation. So if you're drinking, if you're if you're in a city where they fluoridate the water, um and you're drinking fluoride oh, or, you know, ingesting it with uh toothpaste or at the dentist or whatever, then it's a fact that the pineal calcifies, it gets hard. And um, that would account for not being able to hear God's voice, not being able to have a spiritual connection. And I don't have the graphic right now, but one time I, I pulled up a graph of atheism the rise of atheism, corresponding to, oh, wow, public fluoridation of the water supply, and it was a one-to-one match. You could see that, holy, the the public fluoridation of the water, atheism went straight up, and and I f- don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's because the mass, you know, most people's pineal was becoming, of course, calcified, and that would explain a complete lack of any spiritual experience whatsoever and then believing that there is there is no god there is no spirit world uh you know it's just the big bang and and here we are
0: i would i wouldn't believe spiritual world if i hadn't been possessed by demons and spirits (laughs) i probably i i mean i i pretty have lived a pretty evil and dark life and uh for most of my life i just gave my life to the lord six years ago and that's been a journey but even with then even even giving my life to the lord i had deliverance to go through and deliverance to go through and deliverance and deliverance and deliverance and i've had demons try to attack me in my sleep and i mean mm. i i wouldn't believe in the spirit world if i hadn't experienced all that stuff for myself but my right. goodness now i believe the spirit world is more real than this
1: world yeah that's and that's the reality i think when we when we're done with this life and we move on to the sp- to the spirit realm, we're going to see how real it was and how much of a dream this life, you know, this life is, but the, I've also heard the same account and I don't ad, advocate for any psychedelic drugs whatsoever, but I've, I've heard the same account from people who have taken DMT. They've, um, I've never taken it. I never will, but they've, they've, they've said like before I was an atheist and once I had taken DMT instantly I knew that atheism was a complete lie, and I've interviewed lots and lots of people who have um, who have done DMT experiences, and and it's it's very clear to me that they are at least peeking somewhat into the spirit realm, and they certainly had communicated and had um, some interactions with with something from the spirit realm, likely demonic, and uh, however that convince them that atheism is a lie and that God, that there is a God. And so it's, uh, anyways, what one other account of, of basically demonic encounters, um, or likely demonic encounters bringing somebody away from atheism to, to the belief in God and DMT, of course, connected, um, to the pineal gland in some way or another.
0: Yeah, there's something. And I, I, I'm more of an advocate for cannabis and mushrooms uh, because yep. I I am a firm believer that everything God created is good. Only man corrupted it right. <laughs> and man corrupted a lot of things. So I'm an advocate for it. Now, I, for the therapeutic use, I, I, I believe in the medical benefits of it. And honestly, I'd put yep. mushrooms up against any, any psychiatric pill ever. Um, and good I would point. do the same for cannabis. If you just have to know what you're doing. I don't think it's something. Yes, you can abuse it, absolutely, but that's man corrupting things. But cannabis and mushrooms, to me, is a gift from God, and um, but again, it can be abused. But I got to tell you, my mushroom experiences that allowed me to see into the spirit world. Mm -hmm. uh, It was very, very convincing. (laughs) So I I believe that I I I did
1: mushrooms. uh, You know, it's been it's probably been, uh, over 10 years, uh, but, uh, a handful of times. And, um, d- there was definitely, I, I, I definitely, I didn't have any, you know, visual, um, dis- distinct, anything visually distinct, like people who have done DMT described, but I definitely felt much closer to the spirit realm. And I don't have much negative to say about either one of those. And if God is, uh, you know like if it's coming from god it it's it's not bad god made both of those and there's nothing wrong with either one of either one of those but to go back to your question of kind of what's the opposition between the old testament and the new testament yeah. um before i answered that question i wanted to first establish that that the pineal gland which god created in our brain and which he wasn't uh courage by Satan to to install in our brain, so Satan had a means to communicate with us. But but it is a an organ of sight, and it can provide images, and I, and, and most likely audio, right, the voice of God, um, to the brain just as well as these two eyes can, and 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 actually better than these two eyes can. There's uh, supposedly colors in heaven that we can't, that these two eyes can't see, and and those colors may be visible of course with the pineal gland so right having established that it is a gland that allows you to literally see and hear into the spirit realm um and and that's why jacob you know that's what jacob was doing here uh he he likely was using his pineal gland to see god face to face and to have these interactions with the angel. But turning back to Adam and Eve, first of all, I want to make a note that here in the Garden of Eden we have a snake going up a tree, and it's her spine. That's called the that's called the staff of Hermes. There, there's the symbolisms for this, right? The Caduceus, uh, the staff of Hermes, and then there's the rod of Asclepius. Um, which is, you know, these are both very important symbols uh, when we're talking about the pineal gland. So the staff of Hermes and the rod of Asipolis, and then Moses had the same thing, right? It's it's called neshuten where Moses raised a bronze serpent, a, a, a pole with a bronze serpent on it in the wilderness to heal his people. Um, so it's just in, interesting that we have this symbolism right off the bat in the Garden of Eden, because we have the tree, right, the the rod, and we have a snake going up, and a lot of historical paintings of the Garden of Eden, you'll see the snake wrapped around the tree like that. So, but anyways, um, I don't think that Eve had, Adam and Eve originally, I don't think God made humans originally to, to use these two eyes. I think he made us to reside and interact with him in the spirit realm. And, and so looking at the story of Adam and Eve, it says God knows that if you, eat, if you eat from the tree, your eyes will be opened. And that here's the first hint, that these eyes were closed and that the, the eye that they were using in the Garden of Eden was the pineal gland originally. Um, they, couldn't see, they, could, they didn't know that they were naked they couldn't see their physical bodies because, and you can, you can ask, you can ask somebody who's done a, you know, I, I hate to go to DMT, but um, <laughs> you, you can, you can, uh, there's also people like Gopni Krishna who have, you know, seen the same thing without the use of, of DMT. But, but um, you if somebody says that they see themselves during a, DMT trip, they say that they'll see themselves kind of as a maybe a ball of blue light, or you know, but you definitely don't have this flesh, this fleshly body. And so, if you were seeing yourself, you're kind of looking at your soul more or less, who who you are, not this not this flesh body that we have that we associate. in, you know Ryan Zim, you know, your uh, or or Joshua, right? It's your soul is is somebody different than that really. And, um, and, and you can see that, but I've never seen it for myself. I'm I'm on the, on the quest for that. But, but when you see yourself, of course, in the spirit realm, you don't see the physical body. And that's what I believe is, is being described here that they couldn't see their physical body, but once they ate from the tree, both of the eyes were opened and they realized they were naked. So for the first time, God opened up their two physical eyes, and they were like, "Oh wow, we, you know, here's our physical body that we have," and um, and of course, at this point, there was a veil created between man and God, and God kicked kicked us out of the Garden of Eden. And it's interesting that it's a flaming sword, which is guarding the way to the Tree of Life, um, because the flaming sword will see. Come up with this symbolism of the of the snake wrapping around that that pole or the spine uh this is this is often described as as a flaming sword but um but but yeah that's my interpretation of of the garden of eden and the garden of eden may be a physical place and if it is i from my research i think it is at the north pole Um, (laughs) <laughs> but, but, oh but but it is a location, obviously, uh in my mind I, I believe that the Garden of Eden is is a location in the spirit realm and that we as humans have been kicked out because God's seen that this you know the serpent deceived deceived mankind, deceived the woman, um and and because of that God said I can't let humans have Such free and open access to the pineal gland, um, because they will be deceived by these beings of of the spirit realm, whether God, you know, it calls it a serpent, whether that's demons or Lucifer or just evil, you know, beings of the spirit realm. Um, God said, I can't let humans have this free and open connection unless they've gone through. A long and arduous process of fasting, prayer, cleansing. And that's where Jesus came to remove the veil. When God created the veil between man and him, he did it in the garden because he couldn't allow such open, free, you know, communication between us and, and beings of the spirit realm. But Jesus came to remove the veil and Jesus taught us that if we live like him, if we live like Christ, with fasting, prayer, sexual abstinence is absolutely a part of this. You can't be letting that power go out.
0: You're throwing um, your seed, like wasting yep, your seed. And-
1: exactly. And that's talked about in um, First Corinthians, where it mm-hmm. says, don't deny your partner except for a time of fasting. And what you know, the church doesn't talk about that much. The church doesn't say, Oh, by the way, when you fast, make sure that you and your wife abstain from sex. They don't say that, but 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 the Bible does, and and so that it's a part of it's a part of um of of I, I guess uh going back to the Garden of Eden, uh, and and this flaming sword that is protecting. Um, the pineal gland from, you know, I think originally God wanted us to have full and open communication with him and be a part of his world. And when he realized, you know, not to say that God is wrong in any way or, but, but he said, okay, I'm going to take away this vision and it will only, you know, you, you can get it back, but we have to uh, follow very closely the teachings of Jesus before we can use that um, that pineal again.
0: Well, and I would think that the knowledge of good and evil, and just thinking about let go with let's go mystical for a second and talk about vibration, energy, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that kind of stuff. Right? When you when you know evil, well, evil down like if you're feeding your eyes with evil, your your mind with evil, you're seeing evil, and that's what you're around, that's going to dull your spirit. Yeah. In the same way that wasting your seed will dull your spirit. Yes. In the same way that drinking will dull your spirit. So like those things that we do, it's like almost like everything that we consume is an attack on our
1: spirit, meaning the TV we watch. Every and every Everything that comes from the five senses. And when you say the TV, that's perfect because TV is just a big um, stimulation a for the eye and the ears. That's it, you know, and of course the the, the brain a little bit, but, but really we're just stimulating the, the physical senses and with the, and, and with, you know, sexual encounters, of course, you've got the physical sensation of touch and that's what people want so badly, right? They they want that uh that physical sensation of touch. And so it's the um I think it's the suppression of of kind of the five senses and is tied into there, right? With the smell and the taste, uh wanting to eat that sweet or that delicious thing. You know, it's Yo, that's, that's- <laughs> instead of just feeding your body what is good and healthy for it, right? We so there's, um, I think, in, in a way, all sin and all things that bring us away from, from the spirit realm, all come from the five senses, and that's why the New Testament is so strong about um, deny the deny the flesh. You know, in the New Testament, there's always that. What does the Bible say about denying the flesh? And and over and over again, we'll see that that the Bible is telling us to stop. You know, you need to completely deny the flesh. And I think that means the five senses. And that's the beginning of getting closer to the, uh, getting closer to the spirit realm.
0: I've never wanted to uh, put a blindfold over my eyes and earplugs in my ears. So bad, not to not listen and look at you, but when I pray, I am, I'm getting better. But I really struggle with sitting still. I, I'm i sitting down right now. I typically don't like to sit down when I broadcast because I like to move <laughs> around and fidget. But right. I'm doing it to make me sit still. I don't mm-hmm. want to sit still. <laughs> I don't even want to be quiet. Um, right. <laughs> but I'm learning. And, and your video that I had watched on YouTube before I got kicked off of YouTube, <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah. was, which was the next day after I watched your video. Um, oh, man. I, really? Oh, yeah, because I, you know, I, and I, 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 I call it medical truth. <laughs> so,
1: anyway, I lost it, the channel uh, as well. So I'm, I'm, I am I'm, hear you.
0: Well, and we are so blessed, too, because God gave us. We were blessed with our own network. And, you know, we call it the digital Noah's Ark for a reason because it's, it's censorship free and I don't have to worry about it. I can play. As much music as I want, and all that stuff. But I, awesome. you know, I I got tired of playing social media's game because going back to the knowledge of good and evil, it was frustrating me knowing that they were suppressing the truth. It was enraging me. It made me want to fight. It made me want to lash out. None of the none of the fruits of the spirit, by the way. <laughs> so that kind of stuff was robbing my spirit of joy. And yep. I love being in joy. Happiness is overrated and it's fleeting. I want to live in joy. And I noticed that it was doing that and I go, you know what, God? All right. Uh, Yeah, we're going to distribute to less platforms, but that's okay. You've got me. This is good. This is not worth the frustration. This is not worth the anxiety. I'm going to be free. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I'm going to broadcast with the network you blessed me with. Nice. So that's, that's how we're handling it. And of course, we're the arc for other people to join and there's no cost in it. And we do that because we want the truth to get out. We want these conversations to take place because they matter. They matter so, yeah. so much because we get in the way of ourselves. There's people that think the Bible is something that you read literally, like it's a James Patterson novel. Yeah. I, I it, it, that frustrates me. And it's and the other part too is, and I said this in the beginning. They've they've hidden so much truth from us. Even giant bones at the Smithsonian, they've hid so much. They took one Enoch out of the Bible, and dadgummit, that belongs in the Bible, and I'll yeah. die on that hill. because yep. <laughs> If you read one Enoch right now, it's like, oh, that's where demons came from. That's where giants came from. Oh, right. this is what's about to happen. And they don't want us to know that then there's the attack on our pineal gland. All while, by the way, every major religion in the world has... They've got some, this is not, I don't even know, I think it's a pineapple, but <laughs> it's close enough. They all have these giant staffs and giant, uh, oh, yeah. whatchamacallit, and it's all in our face taunting us nonstop. Why yeah. is it that these major religions, the occult, Hollywood, and everyone else is always rubbing one-eye symbolism or pinecone symbolism in our right. face?
1: Yeah. That's where the biggest uh, statue of a pine cone in the, at the Vatican, you know, it's Mm -hmm. say why, why is the biggest statue of a pine cone there? Um, And, and for the viewers who don't know, there's uh you know, there's the connection between the pineal and the pine cone, the uh, that's, that's described um, right here on the first page of this. Um, It takes its, the pineal body, it's, Takes its name from the peculiar shape, the pinus or the pine cone, um, which arises in the fifth week of the human embryo. So, anyways, the uh, if you see pine pine cone or like like we have at the Vatican with the large statue of a pine cone, um, that just be aware that that is related to the pinus or the the pineal gland. So, yeah, and it's like you say, there they got the one eye symbolism. It's even on the one dollar bill. Yep. You know, and they're rubbing it in their fa- in our face, but then, you know, and I always thought that was evil because it's it looks it's like a Masonic symbol, right? And um, but then how perfect is it that they would take something that is sacred for communication between us and God and distort the truth, turn it into something that everyone wants to stay away from, and you see that symbol and you just instantly say, Oh, that's occultism and that's bad, stay away from it. You know, what? that's oh. That's, that would be, that would be the ideal situation. So, um, this is so
0: so wild, man.
1: The next part of this is, uh, kind of where I have one video that's a Bible study on the pineal gland and you know, there's, there's 45 minutes, I think in there. So there's quite a bit of info, but it kind of ends more or less where we're at right now. And right. Since then, I you know I've really studied deeper and and uh believe I've I've uncovered much more truth behind behind this topic, and it's tied into John 3 14 where it says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Ooh. And this this verse was always troublesome for me because I said, What? What is this thing like a snake? And you know, why does God need to be lifted up like a snake? You know, um, well, so let's let's get into Moses. Uh, what happened with Moses? Moses went out into the wilderness, and the uh, it's, it's called Neshutan. So, exact verse of this one you, you can find, you know, Neshutan is the bronze serpent, right? Or it's also called the uh, flaming serpent. Here's an image of it. And uh, we've got the snake wrapped around the pole. And here, the Whoa. we get a cross kind of, you know, cross shape. And, you know, what is this, what is this story about? It, it, um, like you had said earlier, there's people who want to just, read it and take it directly like everything the Bible is saying is word for word it means exactly what it's saying but over thousands of years of <laughs> language and translation maybe we should take a little second you know second look at that but here we get uh, you know 2nd Kings eighteen four, where it's talking about and when and when Moses raises up the uh, the serpent so, right. for those not familiar, they're out there in the wilderness. They're um, and the people are getting bitten. Let's see if I got. I might not have the right. This is. Let's see here. Yeah, we. Let me get the right verse here. Sorry about that. No worries, man. Second Kings eighteen four. 184 here we are oh yeah this is when he broke uh this is when they when they broke the bronze serpent and oh that's right it was it's numbers 21 four through nine so in numbers 21 four through nine there's the bronze snake and in the NIV, it's been translated to venomous snakes, and I think that's completely wrong. If we go back to the Geneva Bible, uh, that's not here, but let's just use the King James or the New King James. That are called not venomous snakes, but fiery serpents. And well, that's a so, completely different thing. Yes, very much different, see I think in the n I v they said well there is no such thing as a like a fiery serpent they must have been talking about venom, so they replaced it with venomous snakes but I think that the, the this the fiery serpent is um is much more accurate now wow uh I'm gonna is say that a, a dragon word. well I'm gonna say a word that most people that a lot of people aren't gonna like and um <laughs> That's, but it's kind of like the third eye okay uh, yeah. uh originally uh, initially you should be repulsed by it but if you really study the bible um there's a there's there's a much more significant meaning there so and then that word is kundalini now kundalini <laughs> <laughs> kundalini is called the fiery serpent oh, so boy. we're going to get
0: stones thrown at us now man
1: yes yeah we we will <laughs> Kundalini, the serpent fire. Okay, so now there's people who are going to say um, this is new age. That's incorrect. Uh, oh. Kundalini has been written about 3,000 years before Christ. What? So to, to call it new age is, wow. is completely incorrect. It 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 is prior to the Old Testament. The first writings on Kundalini come prior to the Old Testament. Uh, well, not... not not the uh, creation of the world, of course, but but the story, but Moses, I'm talking about Moses. It comes prior to Moses. And, and you can go look at the historical texts on Kundalini, but they definitely go back before Moses and it is called the fiery serpent. So it's interesting how, when Moses is out here in the wilderness, uh, this one right here, we have fiery serpent because the Kundalini (laughs) If you're not familiar with, you know how that looks. It's a pole. It's the same thing that I mentioned earlier: the rod of Cephalus, the staff of Hermes, or Neshutan that Moses is raising. It's a rod with a snake wrapped around it. So, when the Bible is talking about fiery serpents and that it's on a pole, we should be taking a, a, a peculiar interest in Kundalini here because this is the exact symbolism that that the kundalini has so it says here that the people were getting bit by these fiery serpents and in my research on kundalini i've learned that if if someone were to try to raise the kundalini which is my interpretation of john 3:14 moses lifting up the snake just as jesus did um wow we'll find that if you do it with sin in your life there are dire consequences it can lead to insanity it can lead to all kinds of mental and physical problems if you were to try to mess with this kundalini while you're living with sin in your life so when it says that there's The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people. You know, I don't know if that if there was physically fiery serpents biting the people or if they were trying to dabble with the fiery serpent or the Kundalini and they were doing it with sin. And that because of that, it was it was harming them. And God, you know, um, and it even says here that the Lord, he take the serp, uh, take the serpents from us. So God told Moses to make a fiery serpent, put it on a pole, and that everyone who is bitten if they look at it they will live. Now this is interesting. And I have a hard time believing that this physically happened because the Lord told Moses to make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. That's a graven image, right? Yeah. And God said before this no graven images. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images whatsoever. And this uh, this comes prior, you know, Exodus 24, then the the incident with Moses. So did God contradict himself? Did he make a rule and then change his mind and tell Moses to do something completely in opposition to that? Because that's what it looks like to me. He said, first, don't make a graven image. And now this verse is saying that he has to make a graven image and set it on a pole. And that is what they have to do for healing. Why didn't God just say, turn to me for healing, Moses? Why would he tell him to make a graven image when he just got done telling him not to? And that's where I think that there is a misinterpretation here. And even though it says that this bronze serpent was destroyed later, maybe, uh, maybe it was, maybe Moses made it. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. One thing is without a shadow of a doubt that Neshutan, that Moses built with the pole with the snake wrapped around it, is the same symbolism that we have on the staff of Hermes, and it's the same symbolism that we have on the rod of Asclepius. Hey, so really quick, interesting when it says, Your uh, rod and your staff, they comfort me. I don't know if there's a connection there.
0: Go ahead, Joshua. Do, what Bible do you read? Which which denomination? Of, of, I prefer the Geneva
1: the, the Geneva Bible. Okay, um, it's it's hard to get one in print, so not as easy as picking up an NIV or a KJV. Um, but I don't think translations are important. People get hung up on, oh, you got to have this one or that one. I think it's yeah. uh, much more important to get as many translations as you can, study them all, and you know. Do your best uh, to get to the source of the Greek, Aramaic, or the Hebrew, um, rather than relying on, you know, King James and his 58 people that translated it, and uh, or or this translation or that translation. If Are I had, had to pick one. Queen uh, James? Queen James, correct, correct. <laughs>
0: okay. I'm glad I'm that you know about that. I'm not going to go down <laughs> that rabbit hole right now, but...
1: And when I look at the front page of the 1611 KJV, there's Rosicrucian symbolism all over that thing, including all seeing eyes all over Moses's robe, or I mean uh, Aaron's robe. If you look at Aaron's robe on the front cover, it's covered with all seeing eyes. But um, there's also the Rosicrucian symbology there of the, of the pelican, cutting its breast open and feeding that blood to its young children you'll see that on the very front page of the 1611 kjv which means that that translation was done by rosicrucians so i definitely take the that translation with a grain of salt
0: i'm glad that you said that i agree with that and boy that's going to make some people mad but if you haven't figured out yet i don't care
1: Hey, it's, it's Rosicrucian, and uh, that's the same people who put up the Georgia guy stones. So, um, you know, the same group of folks that put up the Guidestones, thank goodness they're gone. But uh, they were the ones, if we go back 400 years, who did the uh, King James translation. So, uh, Oh, that, if you want you know, to have
0: some fun, there's a list of all the satanic ritual sites around the world that's floating around right now. Oh, man. It's very interesting that one by one they're starting to get like taken down and destroyed. Praise the Lord but, for that. Well, I don't know. It could be, it could be a ritual. Yeah, and that's the other side of the belief. Because if you haven't, I mean, obviously you know this, but for the audience, if you can't tell, they really enjoy mocking us. <laughs> like they enjoy mocking and taunting. They enjoy all of the. They enjoy. They love the fake Christ. They, I mean, they, everything about it is counterfeit. Everything, putting it
1: in your face, and then nobody realizing what's going on. How many times have you seen this on an ambulance or a pharmacy and, and have no shop,
0: idea?
1: Right, and and, and and have and walk right past it like it means nothing. But this is actually the symbol. Of, if you don't, you know, to, to solidify, let's look at. Um, Let's look at an image of of Kundalini, and you can see that the – oh, this is a a pretty good one right here because it shows the two different ones. But you can see the rod, which is the spine, which has 33 segments, by the way. Uh, And, um, yeah, we haven't talked about that part as far as Jesus Christ goes, but there's 33 segments in the vertebrae of the spine, which ends at the, you know, the brain – and here we have the spine with this, the snakes wrapping around it. So, so when they put this on pharmacies and, uh, you know, hospitals, the ambulances and all that, um, the reason why is because just as Jesus healed, this, pow- this power from those given to us from God is the power which heals um, and that's one reason the, that that's used in medical, the medical aspect, but, uh, but yeah, like you're saying here, it's being shoved in our face and people will walk right past us and not have a clue what this uh, symbolism is talking about here. Of course, the left and the right side is the ida and the pingala, and that goes up to the very top, which is the, the, the round one here is the essentially the pineal gland And that's why there's wings there because the the pineal is the one that gives you sight to the celestial realm and if you are able to raise up the serpent like jesus and moses did and you get it to the golgotha the place of the skull then um then you that's essentially where the where the wings come from it's you have angelic vision or um vision of the supernatural realm but the uh Looking at Jesus's life, it's interesting that he, here we have 33 vertebrae, right? Jesus decided to live to the age of 33, and that's verified in the scriptures because he started his ministry at the age of 30, and it lasted for three Passovers, and he died in the 33rd year of his life, and um, if it was a... If it was in April, then he was basically 33.3 years old at that point. But 33, right, years representing the 33 vertebrae. And then Jesus decided to die at the place of the skull, Golgotha. And when you study a Kundalini, when you study the Kundalini um, from guys uh, like Gopni Krishna here, Here's a book called The Awakening of the Kundalini by Gopni Krishna um, you'll learn that when the once this is achieved they what happens is called a, a complete and utter death to the to the ego mm-hmm. and that is the Uh, essentially what it's interesting that Jesus called this being called in the, in the new Testament being born again, because if you go back to religious texts prior to Jesus, here's some that come this, uh, this one specifically predates Jesus. And if you, if you study that it in the Upanishads or the Bhagavad Gita, it has what is called, twice born. So very interesting that, uh, that they have, they have what is called twice born. If you get the, the Kundalini to the pineal gland, which is first, it has to go through five chakras. One, two, three, the fifth is in the throat. The sixth is the, is the pineal gland. And the seventh is above, is above the head, meaning that you're basically out of body and, and into the, spirit realm at that point but but the um, when Jesus lived to the age of 33 and decided to die at the place of the skull where there was a death and rebirth and all of the texts which came before Jesus described twice born if you achieve this this is definitely what Jesus is talking about when he's what he calls being born again because that is where there is a um what is described here the genuine mystical experience deals a shattering blow to the ego and melts down the walls of segregation that from the individual from the rest of his fellow beings and it describes that you essentially have a, an unconditional love for all humankind because you see that your fellow hu that you that basically your fellow humans are a part of the same creation like we were created by god he was created by god this person i'm trying i'm having troubles with was you know we all come from god and 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 if you are able to achieve this you see it and and because of that there's an instant death to the ego and um And and I believe, honestly, that this is the born again that Jesus is talking about. And I believe that uh, when Jesus decided to die at 33 at the place of the skull, he was teaching us by example that we also need to elevate up to 33 and achieve that death at the place of the skull where we have the death and rebirth being born again.
0: Okay. Holy wow. Um, that I've heard about this before, but I've never actually heard it really explained. Could you, would you suggest that the act of surrender? Cause I, I, I think about in this situation, because I, I've asked this question to a lot of people with a lot of different beliefs and no one has an answer. But when I gave my life to the Lord, I was in LA County jail in the psych ward, facing getting ready to you know when I saw the judge I was facing five years and of course I didn't end up seeing the judge I didn't know that <laughs> until five days later oh I hate that jail um anyway <laughs> but when I when I'd sobered up enough from I, I just an excessive amount of cocaine I mean it was probably an eight ball or it could have been two who knows and a bottle <laughs> of kilo or more who knows it took 24 hours for me to kind of wake up to go oh I'm in jail and I'm facing five years and I'm not getting out. Oh, my God. Uh, what am I going to do? And so it was in that realization that I started to wake up to go. I have wasted every opportunity I've ever had. I've been wealthy, lost it all. I've, I was blessed with into a, a good home. I mean, mind you, I was abused. But, you know, I, it, but my parents, like we had everything. I had the country club memberships, the vacations. We had all that stuff. And, and I had been afforded every opportunity. And here I was, basically facing homelessness, everything else under the sun that was not good. And I got to this place that I, oh my gosh, I've wasted every gift. I've wasted my whole life, everything God created me to be. I've thrown away all this stuff. And that wasn't enough to necessarily break me, but it was when they wouldn't give me something to read. That really did it. And then I remembered, because I'm hearing the screams of these madmen, and I'm losing my mind in this cell. I can't see anybody, but I can hear them in this small cell. And then I remembered, I asked for a Bible. And it was when I heard the story or read the story of John, when they finally brought me the Bible, two hours later, I read Genesis. It made zero sense to me. None. I laughed at it. I go, this is the dumbest thing I've ever read. I said it out loud. I'm not being blasphemous. I promise. But that's what I thought to myself when I read it. I hadn't accepted Jesus yet. None of this stuff. Then I go to Revelation. Well, Revelation is not the book to read of the Bible when you're in jail coming off of cocaine and alcohol. I and then I'm going no. to Proverbs, <laughs> Proverbs <laughs> is a little bit easier to digest, especially the King James version. But it was right. reading the book of John that broke me Hmm. and I started like, wait a second. So Jesus loved me this much. And you know, I started this dialogue, but then that's what made me angry because I remember all the other times I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. I remember all the other times that I tried to turn my life around. You know I mean? I've been in jail six times. So that's at least six times I tried to turn my life around but it was way more than that and nothing would fix me. My chem sex addiction didn't go away. My anger, my rage, my hurt, my brokenness, my unforgiveness, my anger, my everything. And the minute somebody would say to me, you're always going to be a loser. You're always going to be a junkie. You're always going to be an abuser. You're always just going to be a disease. And there's expletives that attach to that. Like all of the names. And I go, you know what? You're right. And then I would go back to meth. I'd go back to cocaine. And I would go back to cheating and abusing and all the things. But there... God, I couldn't run anymore. I was stuck in that cell. And mm. I kid you not, this is the part I've been leading up to. I realized that when I had wasted every gift and every opportunity, and and I and I started to get these visions, and now I went through a forgiveness process of my dad and realizing I needed to be forgiven and all this stuff, and it's a story. But when I finally got to that place of, I'm living the wrong way and I've been running from you, God, and I'm tired of running. My life is no longer my own. Take my life. It's yours. I surrender. Mm -hmm. Those are the words I said, and I swear to you, I don't know how any other way to explain this, except that I felt what I believe with all my heart to be the Holy Spirit go from the top of my head like lightning, shoot down to my toes, knock me on my butt and lift me up at the same time like that. And wow. the feeling, the euphoria, the joy, everything. And here it is. I didn't know. I grew up in church, a Baptist church. I hated church. I blamed the preacher for cheating on his wife. With You know, like I saw all this stuff and I'm like, I don't want any part of that. The Bible's dumb. And here it is. Grew up in a Baptist church my whole life. Heard all the songs. Didn't know any Bible verses. Didn't even know any songs. So I just started making up a song saying, I love you, Jesus. Love, and just dancing around. Now I know why I was put in isolation, because that would have never happened in general population, <laughs> especially in L.A. County. So my point is, do you believe that the act of surrender is what creates that death and re-
1: rebirth? Um, probably not. Probably not completely. Um, okay uh now the, according to this f- philosophy which i can i can back up with scripture there's um there's basically five cleansings that you have to go through and wow. those are the those are the lower five chakras right so the um uh, chakras here so it's possible what that I, what you're describing from my, from the study I've done. Um, there, there is a, there's a process to, to achieve this and Jesus taught it. Um, but, uh, But I, I think that, uh, oh man, well, let me just, I'll go, I'll go all out here. I think that the, I think that the process to, to achieve this is, is, is yoga. Now yoga is when the word that probably pops into your head and the, the idea of what that means is probably incorrect, um, (laughs) for, for what, for what real yoga means, but the, um, but I think that the surrender that you're talking about is, is a requirement for the cleansing of the root chakra and that, um, and that the power that you felt or an energy or a fiery or, you know, going from the top of your head, to your spine, that certainly was, was Kundalini and it, you know, from, from my understanding now, there's probably a lot better word we could use, but that's basically the only one I have at this point. But the, but the I can't um, wait
0: to get these emails. Fake Christian,
1: so, exactly. Well, <laughs> so let me so look into here. What, what like uh, one thing I had to do is figure out like what is yoga, and and here here's just a couple quick definitions. A simple definition of yoga, as found in the Bhagavad Gita, is described as equanimity in mind, thought, and deed, resulting in efficiency of action. Done as service dedicated to God. Well, I, you know, that sounds fine to me. There's nothing wrong with equanimity of mind, thought, and deed, which results in an efficient action, which is service done for God. Um, Or down here, it says that um, we can see that yoga means the union or linking together of man with God. Or, more correctly, the disunion or separation of man from objects of sense from the phenomenal world. And the Bible goes hand in hand with this. It says, you know, die to the flesh and stop, you know, uh, don't live for the world. So, yoga here, meaning the union or linking together of man with God. You can see that I'm not talking about going down to the club on the corner, paying them a monthly fee and and sitting in, in these certain, you know, doing stretches. Essentially, that's not. <laughs> that's not what this is talking about. The um, stick my legs behind my head. <laughs> exactly. The uh, so here are some of the steps to yoga, and and uh, yama here was one of the first ones. Signifies truthfulness, not stealing, not receiving of gifts. Um, and then here we have Niyama means cleanse, cleanliness, both external and internal. And this is where fasting comes in, um, contentment, study and adoration of God. Now this adoration of God, I believe is, is the surrender, uh, a piece of the surrender that you're talking about, because of course to have adoration for God, you if, if you adore him, you, f- you probably first would have surrendered for him or, or yeah. maybe they're reverse. Maybe you adore him, and then right after that, you surrender to him. But, but um, I think that the that surrender to to God is one step. Um, and let me switch over. There's one more here. I got to pull up just one second. That has a good uh, explanation of this. And they might have even it might even uh, say surrender there, but the. Um, Here we go. Wow, man. What a trip this is. Okay, so this one is this is called the Lives of a Bengal Lancer, but it has a fascinating. This is a fascinating book, especially the last chapter. Now, this is written by a guy who is a Christian. I'm a Christian myself, and it seems to me clear that Christ based his teaching on the tradition on the tradition existing in his time and country. And that that tradition originally came from India um, there's nobody knows where Jesus went when he was 13 uh, uh, there's there, um, I certainly believe that he that he went to India and that, that he came back when he was after he finished uh, his study of um, his you know religious study of course and he went out on to uh, teaching but anyways this book is written by a Christian. And uh, so, just because it's talking about yoga, don't say, "Oh, this is new age (laughs) or something." This is
0: you Hindu
1: demon, you (laughs) exactly. So here is talking about what is yoga, right? And it's describing the same, the same uh, thing that the other book was. And the first step is right thought, um, which is called yama niyama, meaning death, but not death. I think it, I think it's trying to say death to like the Bible says, die to the flesh. Um, so you're dying, but but you're not dying. You're um, you're actually becoming more alive. Um, and the second part is yeah. is asana, um, and then mudra, which is exercises, and pranayama is breathing. But the uh, anyways, right thought when when you say when you talk about surrender, anyways, I'm. I'm thinking that that probably lies in the first couple steps of, of yoga, which is maybe called right thought here, or like the other book, um, had, had called, uh, you know, con- cleanliness, external and external contentment, study and adoration of God. None of these explicitly say surrender, but I believe that, uh, that would be one of the first steps of, um, of trying to raise the serpent like the Bible talks about. The Bible tells us plain and simple in John three fourteen that Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, and so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life in him. And this lifting up the snake, I honestly believe in my heart that it is the same thing as raising the kundalini, and I believe that Moses did it. And Jesus uh, also taught it not only with the, in in the New Testament, but by example when he lived up to the age of thirty-three, and then he died and had a rebirth at the place of the skull. A Christmas,
0: man! I. This is such a powerful topic. And I, with respect to time, because I could talk to you for five hours, easy, because yep. we haven't even got into <laughs> the other yeah. stuff that you're doing. Right. Holy geez. And that, that's kind of what started this for me, is I had Flat Earth Dave on, and uh-huh. people have their opinions about it. I, none of that matters. <laughs> I loved him. He was entertaining, and it blew my mind. And I still don't know, I can't even really comprehend everything he was telling me. But I really enjoyed it. And of course, why wouldn't they lie about Flat Earth? Why wouldn't they lie? They lie about everything else. Why wouldn't they lie about that? So that's kind of what. and everyone said this, when you start to shift over to Flat Earth thinking, the whole world's going to open up and life is going to seem, well, everything that you thought mattered will not matter anymore. And that has been true. And so it slowly but surely has allowed me to move away from TV like. I'm almost I have got one show that I watch and I love it and I love games still I'm guilty but I don't watch other TV and and I'm but I'm trying to even break away from even that and like the what I consume, what I listen right. to. Um, you know, and I'm and I'm careful even about what sermons I listen to because I know how deceiving things are, but it's dramatically changed my life and has given me this insatiable hunger to know the truth because. I don't wanna to lie to people. I don't want to lead people astray. My neighbors are Hindu. I love them as much as I love anybody. Really, they're amazing people. I've grown up around Indian people, and, and like not, well, Native Americans too. Um, but they're the, some of the most kind, beautiful, wonderful people. A Muslim woman taught me how to pray uh, when she took me in when I was homeless. I, have I've all of these different religions that I've been around different people and I love them. They have jerks and they have, <laughs> they have some people that are little deceivers and all of them. Yes. But you right. know what? That's the same way with pastors and doctors and, and talk show hosts and everything else. There's a lot of deception, but that said, I like to judge people, not judge, judge, but when I'm making a decision of, do I want this person in my life? Do I want to be friends with them? I'm generally looking at them. Do they radiate the
1: fruits of the spirit, regardless of the religion? Right. Are, is this who they what fruit is coming from their life? That's, yeah, that's the best thing to look at. That's
0: all I can look at. I don't care what you say, because I'm no con artist. I was a con artist. I and that's, my,
1: that's what troubles me with flat earth theory. I don't know if the earth is sphere or flat. <laughs> I've done a ton of research specifically around physics of the air. There's That's covered on my channel under um, what's called uh, horizontal refraction. And honestly, what that research blew my mind. And no, there's nobody on the planet or in history who've ever discussed those topics specifically. But one thing, I, so I don't know if it's flat sphere, but one thing I can't get over that just keeps blowing my mind is the fact that when someone thinks the Earth is flat, they instantly believe in a God and a Creator, because you can't, and they they don't believe in the Big Bang creating the universe. So I've seen flat Earth literally convert people to to believe in God, and then I just question myself: Would God use a lie? To bring people to him, or is that Satan's tactic? Ooh. And uh, you know, because there, I mean, you will really be hard pressed to find one flat earther who doesn't believe in God and uh, doesn't sure. believe in Christ Jesus. Um, on the other side, people who believe in NASA and all this, you'll <laughs> I'll find a plethora of them who say that God's nothing and that the world came from a big bang. So, anyways, that's that's one interesting part of that. Is I just say, would God use something that's a lie to bring people to him. And, uh, but I, I don't know the answer to that question, but, uh, there is in, in wrap up. I, I do want to share one last piece that I feel is the last Please. piece of the puzzle on this. And Please. it's going to be very quick. It is the fact that, uh, well, um, I'm turning back to the beginning of this book. It, it has to do with the chakras. Um, I've already mentioned the the you know the you know what the seven chakras are, and oh there's my. one two three four five six seven seven being the number of complete of course but um, we're going to notice that there's five of them that have nerve plexuses associated to it one two three four five after that it's the pineal gland and then the crown which is above the head that's outside of the body so but there are five there are five of them that have nerve plexuses and and the the chakras are corresponding to, um, and if you see an image like this, I just, uh, you know, put on the armor of God, but this, I don't know if this is necessarily bad. It says the Kundalini, well, I'll let you, the Kundalini crooked in form is described as being coiled like a serpent. And by the way, it's coiled three and a half times. So if you've ever um, seen a Gaddison flag, or if you're flying a Gaddison flag, you should at least be aware of the fact that this is a Kundalini flag. There's 33 sections of the snake. You can count them: one, two, three, four, five, 33. And it's also in one, two, three and a half coils. Uh three and a half, three and a half coils is blew my is, mind. Uh, is, is is Kundalini? By the way, um, you can go to Kundalini's um, Wikipedia page to learn that much. But the uh, but three and a half coils is Kundalini. Long story short, the point I'm trying to make is that. The there are nerve plexuses at five locations in your body. There's the root chakra, the and you can see the nerve plex, the nerve, right? So there's one, two, three, four, five. The fifth one ends at your throat, and after that it's the pineal, and of course, above that is the is the crown. So when when we're talking about the um one, two, three, four, five nerve plexuses, these are described in um ancient texts here we got the bhagavad gita right they're described as sacred fig trees upside down by describing in detail the symbolism of the upside down ashvara tree the fig tree and how many times did jesus talk in parables about fig trees but um the the upside down fig tree is the um are these nerve plexuses the root the root goes up into heaven and to god the, the trunk the roots And then the trunk is your spine. And then these are the trees. And you can see how they're upside down. So these are the, each one of these five upside down trees are the five lower chakras. And the reason I brought this up is because this is the Gospel of Thomas. And if you would like to learn about the Gospel of Thomas, um, I recommend this book, this one here. And this one here, which interesting that the Gospel of Thomas is called Q. But here we have something interesting where it says, <laughs> "Oh boy!" <laughs> <laughs> First of all, wow. Jesus says that the kingdom is within you. Okay, uh-huh. um, and he says, "If you're a disciple, listen to my words. For you have five trees in paradise which do not change, either in summer." Or in winter, and their leaves do not fall. He who knows them shall not taste of death. And these is G- these are Jesus's words. This book, of course, is the source for two of the gospels. But the um, when Jesus is talking here that you have five trees in paradise that don't change in summer and winter, and their leaves don't fall. The five trees that he's talking about are the lower five chakras, one, two, three, four, five. And so there's the last thing I want to wrap up with is that it is biblical that Jesus is telling us that uh, to know that our five trees and that also that the kingdom is within you and it is outside of you. So there's anyways, that was kind of the final piece of the puzzle for me that, um, Wow. Uh, this is not something evil or bad. Uh, Jesus was was actually, I believe Jesus was a master yogi, and I believe he uh, studied in India. So that's that's all on that topic. And the um, and I'll, of course I have two Bible studies. If you want to learn more, there's the Bible study on my channel on the pineal gland and the Bible study on the kundalini. And I believe that this is something that Moses did, and I believe it's something that Jesus did.
0: Yeah. Please plug all your websites and where people can find you and follow you and just get more information on this.
1: Sure. Yeah. Not a problem. You can go to youtube.com slash Ryan Zim. That's Z-E-H-M. This is the right channel. You can see my, I just Yeah, I guy's your, map, see? And, uh, <laughs> I your map. And, man, we didn't even get a chance to get into Destination Hyperborea. Oh, but we're uh, going to do this again. But yeah, we're yeah, absolutely. Let's chat again. And Man, if you if you want to learn more about that, you can check out my website, DestinationHyperborea.com. And um, one of my favorite articles on here is this one right here, which is called the Inuit Thule and the Tartarians, or the Lost Ten Tribes of Israel. But we'll save that for another time. So far, if man, what a great topic, Joshua. I'm so happy to be here chatting with you about it.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm going to be email. So uh, we create a media kit after this is done that will have the video, audio, and the transcript, and all of your links, and how to follow you. I'll send that to you when we're done, but I, I mean this sincerely. That there's at least three different <laughs> topics that I want to go discuss with you, but this has been so powerful. And I'm so grateful for your time, the, 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 the time that you've taken to research this, to understand it, to be able to intellectually explain it. Um, and I know some people, this is going to rub them the wrong way, but you know what? The truth is really uncomfortable sometimes it until is. it sets in your heart. It so I, I'm super grateful for you, Ryan. I will talk to you soon, my man.
1: Excellent. God bless you, Joshua. Thank you very much for your time. And I'm looking forward to speaking again and for everyone watching thank you for the time you've spent here and god bless you i hope you he leads you to truth he's the only one who knows what that is i don't and i don't think any other man does so follow god and uh follow what he's telling you god bless i'll see you soon
0: all right brother thank you gosh that was beautifully said wow That's going to be one of those that I go back and listen to again, because there's a lot of meat there and it's connecting a lot of dots. You know, when I first gave my life to the Lord, I could feel, you know, God pointing me this direction, but you know, discernment, is this an evil spirit? Is it a demon taking me down this road? And you know, it's just, I've been around people that practice kudalini. And then I've heard, you know, Christians judge and say that they're, (laughs) <laughs> say that they're evil and it's satan. I've been a part of ministries, the fivefold ministries that, you know, believe in healing and laying hands. Oh, we didn't get to talk about laying on hands. Oh man, that's another subject and tongues and all that. I got to talk about that with them, too. Um it's just I don't have the answers. I don't have all the answers. I have more questions than I have answers. But I do trust the Lord and I trust where he's leading me. And there's something to this. There's something to this, the the brain and the Garden of Eden. And and if you can just try to read Genesis with the understanding that they're talking about our brain. And then read Genesis and see how it changes things for you. See if it does at all. Like, I've said this over and over again. You can call me blasphemous. You can call me a fake Christian. You can call me anything you want, but don't call me late for dinner. No, I'm just kidding. Um, It's like, I don't care what you call me. It's a personal relationship with the Lord. It's not a public, it's not a community center relationship. It's not a rave, although a rave church would be fun. I would love to go to an after hours church party, <laughs> play some gospel house music. Anyway, um, I, like I don't have all the answers, but I'm not listening to man for instruction. I mean, yes, I'll look for information. I'll, I'll, I'll check in with God. Is this right? Is this what he wants for me? Is this, is this, how does this feel in my spirit? And there's nothing wrong with asking questions. I promise you, when I gave my life to the Lord, it happened right after I was cursing him out because I was angry that he wouldn't fix me and he wouldn't change me. And then he spoke to me. We should be asking questions. And if you're one of those people that believe that we've been lied to, we're lied to at our school systems, you know, the education that they teach us, how history has been changed and modified. If you know the history of the Catholic Church, if you know the, the, the story from when the way merged with Catholicism, you have to ask yourself, well, what else have we been lied to? The Catholic Church controlled the Bible. They've moved books in and out. They've changed words. They've removed sentences. They've added sentences. I don't believe for one second. One second. I don't believe that God wants us being obedient to this government. This government's trying to kill us. And I'm not trying to be shocking when I say that. It's obvious. If you pull your head away from the TV long enough. And start just like looking and observing what's going on around you. Evil. And lies have been turned into some kind of truth. There's a president of the United States whose son is a trafficker. What do you think his dad is? Hunter Biden emails are publicly accessible for the world. It's not being hidden like it was in the election two years ago. And mind you, I'm no Trump guy. But I'm not being obedient to this government. Because they're lying, they're trying to kill us, they manipulate us, they try to control us, and they've tried to rob us from our God-given gifts. So I'm not being obedient to that government. So yeah, I have a problem with that part of the Bible. You can call me a fake Christian, I don't care. My fruit will speak for myself, will speak for me. And I don't mean that arrogantly, it's just true. I'm blessed. I'm living the life of my dreams. And guess what? I'm asking questions and God will bring the answers. You should ask questions too and quit just accepting everything you hear from the pulpit. Quit accepting everything you hear from the TV. Quit accepting everything you hear from a podcast and don't even accept what I say. Go check for yourself. The truth is out there if you're willing to look for it. God bless you. Thank you for being here and we'll see you soon.